I, I would like to keep talking to you about, uh, from the subject, can I be like Jesus? So important to ask ourselves some questions. Do you ever ask yourself questions? If I were a, uh, my own teacher, I think I would not. And when I was a young boy, I would ask myself easy questions. But now I would ask myself hard questions. And I think that this may, be seeming, uh, may seem like an easy question, but it's a tough question. Can I be like Jesus? And a lot of people would say, no, 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 you can't. And some would say, sure, but not really knowing fully what that means. And so I want us to ask the question, can I be like Jesus, not be too glib uh, with the answer, but to walk in, in reality, in the reality of God. When you think about who Jesus is, and I always say, Lord, who you are, and I sometimes uh, don't stop to talk about who he is. And, and so now it also tell these people they can't talk about who he is until I get back from my next trip. But who he is, he is, Jesus is king of kings. And, and that, that's huge. It's one thing to be king of subjects, but he is king of kings, which means if there is a king, he's super, far above. He's king of kings. <clears throat> and... You think about kings, you think about conquerors, you think about rulers, but Jesus is greater than, than any conqueror. He is greater than any ruler. And he is Lord, master of lords. So those people who think they are something, he says, no, I'm above you even. So that's who Jesus is. Can I be like Jesus? And when we think about that, we don't want to ever take a truth to absurdity. Are you still with me? We don't want to take a truth to absurdity. We don't want to take it to the illogical. We want to bring it to its logical place. That is the place that God always intended it. And so we say he is Lord of lords. So those are very lofty things about God, about Jesus. And you and I have been called into this amazing fellowship of God this fellowship of God, and then we can say the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. We've been called into the fellowship, and we want to be careful because when these truths are so precious, the, Jesus tells us that we don't give that which is holy to the dogs, nor do we cast our pearls among swine. So you don't want to just take these amazing truths and just start to glib this so people will think you're deep because we'll show that we're shallow if we're not careful. And so this amazing, beautiful thing that says that God has brought us into fellowship. And I, I like to talk about fellowshipping with what you're like. You cannot fellowship. It's like Sister Kemp used to teach us years ago. She said they're like fellows in a ship. Like you got the same ship. And there's fellows in the ship. Are you still with me? So then, that's who Jesus is. He's brought us into that. He's Lord of lords, master of masters. He masters the masters. He is the Savior of the world. And what, when you think about the Savior of the world, I don't think you can just say that and then move on to the next point until you realize that the, the world was in total darkness, pitch darkness. Growing up in the city, as many of you have grown up, you may not have understood pitch darkness. You know, you, you've always had some light, a street light, a house light. But when uh, I was a boy and the cows would get out and dad would say, we're going to have to go get the cows. And we had to go down into the pasture to get the cows 
uh, it, that was pitch black. And you could not see your hand in front of your face. And I remembered every gobbling story it was ever told. And we're out there. He is savior of a world that was in total darkness. No light. Didn't know who God was. Didn't know where God was. Could not find him. If, if, if they had, he, it could have somehow heard a voice. He is savior of that. And that's who we were. All of us were born in sin. All of us were born in sin. And so he's savior of the world. Then he is, he is the redeemer of of that, of that mankind, is redeemer of mankind. That means he saved us literally what we could not be saved from. When you think about Jesus, it's not just, oh, Jesus, Jesus, you know, it's, it, this is big. To say Jesus that was, uh, is, is huge. I was thinking, I've been thinking a number of times, and I'm thinking about um, uh, Jesus and who he is and what he brings, and I was asking, why don't we call Jesus Mr. Jesus? Am I the weirdest person in the room? You know, you know, man. So, you know, I'm thinking, you know, let's put a handle on it. When I was a boy, you couldn't come up to somebody who was 21 or older, maybe 25 or so. You couldn't come up to them and just call them by the first name. We don't think anything's wrong with that. Well, well, I grew up in an era where that was disrespectful. You had to put a handle on it. You were Mr. Somebody when you were old enough to be my mom or uh, my daddy. And if you were my grandparents, no self-respecting person would let a child go up to an adult and call them by their first name. We've lost some things. We've lost some things. And so I always wonder, why why don't we call him Mr. Jesus or Sir Jesus or whatever? And it, it just occurred to me because you don't have to put a handle on what is already the handle. You don't have to do it. Yeah. Jesus is so amazing. And so I want us to really give him all the respect. So when we ask, can we be like him, the prince of peace? You know, peace had no uh, uh, entrance into who we are and what we are, except he is the author of it. it. It had no being, as it were, without him. And Jesus is the author of it. He is the originator of peace. Not just original. He's the originator of peace. He's, he's almighty God. And there's so much more we can say about it. Maybe we ought to just all someday explore it. Bring us a, a whole back sack lunch of who he is. So when we ask, can I be like him? And then we have to ask ourselves, what are we talking about? So how then can... We be like Jesus. We can be like Jesus in character and attitude. He has impeccable character. And he has the best attitudes. Why is it that the enemy is always trying to get us off in the area of character and attitude? Because those are the areas where we can be like Jesus. I, I will never be king of kings. I can be a king. You know, I, I, I could never be uh, Lord of Lords, but I could be a master of things. And so, but how is it that he's always coming against us? Because he comes against us in the areas where we can be like Jesus and we can radiate who he is. This is amazing. And so we must allow the Holy Spirit by yielding always 
so that we might even think like Jesus. Uh, Sister Martha always pays me a huge compliment. And, and, and I always, you know, she's just been wonderful through the years in that. And sometimes she says, I, I'm embarrassed. She'll say something so nice. I go, no, man, don't do that. But she will always say, who thinks like that? The things you say, who thinks like that? And I'm saying, well, this is how you think like Jesus is when you get, as it were, so involved in who he is and what he has brought to you. Uh, there's a word that's trying to, to escape me when I'm, as it were, baptized into his thought process. And, and by reading the word of God and then meditating on it, sometimes when you read the word of God, for example, you read something, let me say, behold what manner of, of love the Father has bestowed upon us. You're reading that, just go to the next verse. No, no, behold. That means I need to stop and look at it, engage at it, and think about it. And now what? And then let, me, let me see what the what is there for. You know, and then manner, what kind, what kind. So there may be a multiplicity of, uh, of, of kinds, as it were. And then, and then you, you, you just start, you, say, you get to a place, you say, wow. Wow. And you realize that the universe being what it is, and this one being walked around in sandals around Israel and Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all those places, and he made all that. You know, and you start to think about him, and then, then thoughts start coming to you, and, and then after a while, they start coming out of you. You know, it's amazing. Can I be like Jesus? I cannot be king of kings. I cannot be lord of lords. I am not the redeemer. I am not el salvador. I'm not the savior. But I can sure think like him. So what I can bring, I want to bring. I can think like him. Scripture says concerning us as he is so are we in this world. And so God then has spoken something that is impossible, but he's made it possible. So as Christ is, as Jesus is, as so are we here. So in the here and now, we can be like Jesus. Now the question is, are we willing? And now I ask these questions because I'm not angry or anything like that. I tend to be intense. My wife always, who's not here, and pray for her. She would like that. But she's always trying to temper me because I'm so intense <laughs> you know, most of the time or much of the time. But the thing is, in the areas where we can be like the Lord, let's be like the Lord. And let's think like the Lord. If we can have God thoughts, then let's work on that and, and think like God. And knowing that he has said as he is, so are we. And it's not like that's a God wish. There's no such thing. And so in God speak, 
we can be like him. And he speaks as, it, as though it is a conclusion, which it is in, in God economy. It's a, a conclusion. As he is, so will we be, so are we. So are we in this world. So he is meek and he's lowly. So I can also be meek and lowly. Now notice all the things that we are the areas in which we can be like Jesus. They cost us something. Who wants to be meek and lowly and get walked on? Mistreated. So we'll say, well, now God, I know God didn't want me to go through that. You really? I mean, listen, you're talking about the God who gave his son into the hand of sinners. Uh, I, I wish I had a couple hours to just preach with them. But remember the story when David was... Uh, he had conquered his enemies. He was doing extraordinarily well. David was a shepherd, uh, a shepherd boy uh, who uh, was tending sheep. Uh, you know the story about Samuel coming to anoint a king from Jesse's house. And Jesse, daddy, daddy Jesse, dad didn't even think enough of him to bring him to the anointing service. Now, if that won't give you a complex... And, 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 and this young man, this young boy uh, is the one that uh, I love to tell the story, but he's the, young, he's the, the, the person who did, wasn't invited to the, uh, the anointing service. And when he was invited to the anointing service, he was to be the anointed. And that's big. So sometimes when you're not invited, don't worry about it. You just be, be like Jesus and be like, you know. He, he came and he was the one. And so uh, then God took him from following sheep to shepherd Israel. And he's shepherding Israel. And now he's been very, very successful. He's come from nothing to something. And he is very, very powerful. And he decides he got beside himself. And he decided to number Israel. Well, in, in that story, in that story where he uh, 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 numbered uh, Israel, he got haughty and wanted to know where his power had come from. Now, listen, you have to be careful about that. We're living in a day where God wants to do something special to the church. But when we become something, we have to be careful lest we become nothing. And what happened with David, he became so big in his own eyes. Now, uh, he wanted to know where his power had come from. He should have asked himself, where was my power when uh, daddy had forgotten me? And, and God put it in the words of the prophet to ask, don't you have anybody else? <laughs> David did not bring that about. And so you don't have to bring about your own success. You have to walk in what God is calling you. Amen. We don't like being lowly. Amen. We don't like being lowly. We fight, be, we fight the things that make us more like Jesus. We fight the character building. It, it's the, Paul tells us that if we suffer with him, we'll reign with him, and we don't like suffering with him. We want to reign with him. That's, that's sometimes from the carnal nature. We want to reign with him, but we don't want to suffer. And Jesus said he was meek and lowly. He was pushed aside. He was maltreated. And so what we are, uh, are faced with as the church of Jesus Christ, the enemy wants to take control of us. But as the church of Jesus Christ, we have to ask ourselves, what does that look like? Walking in meekness and lowliness. It really 
is walking in a way that the world despises. And so sometimes we despise it too. And so can I be like Jesus? Yeah, I can be low, meek and lowly. And listen, he's harmless. He's harmless. We don't like being harmless because when we look harmless, then the world attacks us, right? And so we don't want to look harmless. We don't want to be harmless. Jesus, the Bible says, a bruised reed he will not break, and smoking flax he will not quench. But Jesus then tells us in Luke 6, 40, he says, the disciple is not above his teacher. So, you, you know, you, don't, you can't ever get above if you're always being lowly and meek. You know, so what we want to do is be like Jesus because that's what the world needs. The world needs the antithesis of itself. You can't be, you can't be almost opposite. <laughs> you know, you are, you're opposite or you're not opposite. And so antithesis speaks of opposite. I am like 180 degrees. I'm like this. Two points don't meet. I'm not like this because we're going to eventually meet. So antithesis speaks of that. So uh, the challenge for all of us is to be the antithesis of the world. I want to say this because there's so many who will hear these words and go out and forget antithesis. They will forget opposite. They will, they will forget polar opposite. You can't do that and really change the world. I remember as a, as a younger man, uh, as a younger man, my pastor saying to us, you cannot win the world being like the world. You cannot change the world being like the world. But we find things in the world that we think are worthy of the kingdom. We often do that. You remember the story of, of, of Achan when Israel had come to, to um, Jericho. Thank you so much. They come to Jericho and the, got the word that everything in Jericho was devoted for destruction. It was supposed to be destroyed. And old Achan got some of the Babylonian garments and he got some wedges, I think, of silver and gold. And, and he thought they were worthy. And sometimes we find things that are in the world system, we think that they are worthy. And this is what God is speaking to. He is speaking to that in his church. He says, come out. What, what about my, you know, I, I sometimes quote my wife. She, she, she sometimes makes me laugh when, when she's not talking about me about these things. But, but she'll, she'll say something like, no, what part of out don't you understand? You know, you know come out from. That sounds almost like an East Texasism, right? Come out. Now, you think that's all we ready from, but, I, but come out from them and be separate. So God is saying something to the church that we must adhere to. We must learn it. So if, if my generation, and when I say my generation, I don't mean there weren't people in my generation that understood this, but we weren't fully like that. There just weren't. A, a, an overwhelming body of us like that because we came out of the world but we brought some things from the world and so I, I really believe that God is speaking to us uh, I was talking about this being a time of reset and revealing 
and earlier where in Lake Mead they found people in barrels and other stuff, and, and they thought that it was covered. Their sin was covered, but it was exposed. So this time is a time of exposure. Let us walk in the truth of God as we have never, and let us see it um, as our duty, our obligation. Let us see it as something that God really wants us to do and we're going to give God. Amen. Okay? So a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained can be like his teacher. You can be like Jesus. So everybody who's a real student of the Lord, a student of the word, a disciple can be like Jesus. You can never be above over Jesus. You can never outdo Jesus in place or any other thing. And when you're perfectly trained, that means that you've been prepared and restored and brought to what God wants. In, John, in 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 2, he says, Behold what manner of, or what sort of love the Father has bestowed, gifted, granted to us, that we should be called children of God, technon, those who are produced by God. He says, and so John says, because we have been produced by God, because we have been brought forth by God. You ever think about the, the beauty of being brought forth by God? Do you ever think about uh, being born of, uh, of your mom, your mom and, and father responsible for bringing you into the world, and you are brought into the world, and now you have been produced by human, a human being or human beings. You are flesh, right? And so God looked at that, and that was not good enough. So God says, okay, I'm going to do something uh, to them that will totally metamorphose them. It, it, it will totally change them from who, who they were. I'm going to cause each of them to be born of my spirit, of my substance. That's why God is our daddy, our father. God says, okay, I'm going to bring you forth. I'm going to bring you forth through believing in Jesus Christ. And so now uh, Jesus is talking to the ruler, uh, a ruler, a, uh, uh, Nicodemus of the Jews, the, a teacher of the teachers of the Jews. He is like the master teacher, right? And so he says, he says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Right? Comes from is. But that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. And so what God, Jesus is wanting us to understand is that we are a new humanity. Now, I, don't, I know that we don't seem to grasp it. Why? Because we go to the next thing too quickly. Now, that which is born of the Spirit. So we always talk about our natural birth or, or our race or our, our, natu our nationality, our race, our ethnic group, and all these natural things. Well, we love to boast in it. I don't boast in it. Am I ashamed of it? Absolutely not. I don't boast in it. Why? Because it's flesh. It's perishable. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Mom and Dad, for not stopping it at four children. <laughs> I mean, I'm grateful for that. <laughs> you know, but, but no, but that which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And God wants us to understand that. So, so John tells us, that this is the kind of love that God bestowed, gifted us with. He says, therefore, the world does not know us. Why? Because the world is flesh. We are spirit. And there came, there not supposed to be any intersection with that. So we are, we are spirit. The world is, is fleshly. And, and they just don't grasp us until, unless we act like we are flesh. That's the only time there's interaction. God has called us to something that is much greater than we have understood or known. I'm telling you, we need to walk in it. I, I, I just want some, some people who will just walk with me in it. Yes. 
They're going to walk with me in it. Now listen to what he says. He says, because of that, because we have been born of God, because we are called children of God. He doesn't mean that God is miscalling us. He's not miscalling us. Uh, uh, I remember uh, I was introduced to the word misnomer, you know, and, and that's a pretty good word, misnomer, something that is not really named as it should be. I think that's kind of that's a simple way of defining it, something that's not properly named. But we are properly named when we are called children of God. That's technon. That's properly named, children of God. Uh, so I'm not, as it were, a, a child of Orlean. Yes, in the world sphere, but in the kingdom I'm known as not a child of Orlean and Lina. I am a child of God. That's why. And my mother is the new Jerusalem. I said my mother is the new Jerusalem. I wish I had somebody. Hallelujah. That's who I am. Therefore, the world does not know us. And, and so John brings in his proof because he has to bring in witnesses. And, and I love to pray with witnesses. And, and Pastor, I, I want to thank you for, 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 for praying with witnesses. We've, we've come up together. When, you, when you're praying and you're talking to God and you're preaching, you want to look in the Bible and find you some witnesses. You, you, you got to find some witnesses. I don't want to just tell you what I think. I want to go back and see what Moses thought. Uh, Moses, can you witness with me? I want to find, find out, uh, uh, Joshua, can you witness? I want to find out, Isaiah, can you, be, can you come here and testify? You know, that's how we want to preach. And that's how we want to teach. That's how we want to live. The world does not know us. And, and so uh, there are too many of us who are trying to, to be known by the world trying to know, be known by the world. I'm, I'm coming into home plate. I think I'm still rounding second, though. <laughs> I got my eye on home. <laughs> I just feel like shouting. <laughs> I do. Thank you, dear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So, 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 so it's been wrong teaching because men of our teachers, they didn't mean to do it. I, I don't want you to ever think I think they were intentional. But they have been telling us, and, and some dignitary told me recently uh, that we were, I met him, uh, is one of our uh, uh, leaders, governmental leaders uh, uh, from uh, Washington, D.C. that represents us, and, and we were talking. And this, this is a believer, and they, they, I guess my reputation has preceded me. And so he told me, are y'all going to be all right? <laughs> he told me, he started to tell me about the good that's in the world system. And I said, we have but one duty, and that is to follow Jesus. Whatever Jesus says is what we're to do. We are his people. We're the sheep of his pasture. He died for us. We have no other obligation but to do what Jesus says. John says the world doesn't know us 
my concern is that the world knows too many of us. And this is what, what, what well, see, we're in a particular time period in, human, in, our, in our history, in our salvation history. Uh, we're in this particular time period where God wants to do something. I, 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 I'm not trying to change your program, uh, 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 Brother James, but you know that song that we always sing sometimes, God is doing something right now? I mean, I'm always singing that. And, and other songs that you sing here, because we're in this, pl- this pl- uh, place where God is doing something, and we don't seem to grasp it, so God is calling up, as that, uh, uh, that old pre- as young preacher said to me one time, he says, if we don't do the work of God, he says, he was from Alabama, and he was over in Kingsville, Texas, uh, pastoring a church here, and he said, if we don't obey God, God's going to bring some old boy uh, with his butcher legs rolled up, he said. You know, and I sure hope I don't resemble that. I really hope I don't want to resemble that. But this is what he says. There are too many of us who are really still connected. So uh, I think that God is saying, I know that God is saying, come out from among them. Why? Because John says the world doesn't know us. And why it doesn't know us? He said because it did not know our producer. It did not know him. It did not know the one who brought us forth. So if he, if he does not, if the world does not know the one who brought us forth, it does not know that one's children. I don't want to be known by the world. I'm trying to get around third. If the world hates you, so he's giving comfort to the children of God. He says, the world hates you. You know not you wonder. You know that it hated me before it hated you. Why? And, and it proves that you belong to me. This is big stuff. Now, I think I should stop. One more. I, I would not do that except it was such a commanding voice. <laughs> I'll do one more. I'm going to do one more. I'm going to read it a little fast. If you'll allow me, I'll come back to it at some juncture. But all these things they will do to you. That means persecuting you, not like you, hate you. You've got a bigger problem when you're loved by this world system than those of us who are hated by it. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. John 16, 1 through 4. These things I have spoken to you, that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God's service. And these things they will do because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things, now, they have not known the Father nor me. And this is what Jesus is doing. Jesus is talking about not just Romans. He's not talking. He's talking about Pharisees and Sadducees. So I want to prepare you. We've come into something. We've come into something. But these things I've told you. That when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm somewhat mystified, and this is not a, 
a strong rebuke. This is a gentle one. I'm shocked sometimes when I've said something 50 times. Sometimes I shout it. I did everything but do like the old preachers, uh, uh, Reverend Rochelle Roots, when I was a boy, when they would do this and rear back. I did everything but that. And somebody said, I never heard that before. Jesus says, I'm talking to you about this so you'll remember when it happens. Some of us have no real memory. Beloved, I'm coming, I just rounded third. Beloved, now we are children of God. (laughs) And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, and that could take a whole seminar, when he is revealed, we shall be like him. Yeah. And that's why we must, we must have this revelation of Jesus. And we can't be like the world or be like, please, fancy churches even. Because when he is revealed, it doesn't just mean eschatologically. Just when the clouds come open. Yes, it does mean that. But that's not the only meaning here. When he is revealed here, we shall be like him. Listen. For when he's revealed, we shall see him as he is. Whenever he's revealed uncovered, we shall see him like he is. And then the Bible says, and we're going to be like him. When, we, when he's revealed in our midst, we will be like him. We're going to see the one who produced us, brought us forth. And we're going to see, ah, I look just like him. I walk just like him. I think like him. We shall see him as he is. Amen. Thank you for your word.